people would ask me, what are you doing? What are you eating? Where are you, where are you training at? Can you train me? And at the time I looked them in the eye and was just like, I don't have time. Like, I unfortunately can't spend the time. I have to train myself and do this job. And then they would say, we'll pay you. And that's when every, the game just changed for me. I started researching like what would people pay. Um, and what I realized was I saw the really big need because I was in an engineering and tech space. All those people, they do have disposable income. They don't have disposable time. And because I'm very efficient and I just think like that, I would come up with programming and a structure for them to make the most of their time and get happy, happier and healthier and ultimately wealthier because as soon as you start transitioning into spending the extra dollar on organic food, spending the dollar to hire a trainer, spending the dollar to go to an IV lounge like I'm at right now, you start feeling better. And the, there's a famous saying, if you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Just like each and every week, Sean and Lacey here with you. And just like each and every week, we have a very special guest that I know is going to really get you going. I mean, he gets me going talking to him. Um, I get super excited because I'm old and he's young and he does super cool stuff old. Stop. that I can't do. Um, and he is on a phenomenal trajectory that I really hope that will inspire a lot of people. Um, I mean, man, you think about what's possible. And I think that that's sort of been a trend lately here on the podcast is we get a lot of people that are really sharing what's possible, what mm -hmm. can happen. And um, CJ is a great example of that. We were just talking that he was, he is living in Austin and we have an affinity there for Austin <laughs> with Everbowl coming and the specific chiropractic centers there in Austin. So we're super excited to break down with CJ what he has learned in life and what he has done in life and how we can relate that into our businesses so that we can reach more people, make a bigger impact and create the lifestyle that we deserve. So everybody welcome in CJ. CJ, thanks for joining us on the None of Your Business podcast. Thank you for having me here, Sean and Lacey. I'm super excited for everything that come and yeah, you, you said it all. I'm, I'm fired up today. So what we like to begin with is this idea of sort of your journey because one of the things that we've noticed is that, you know, somebody comes on the podcast and obviously you are somebody, you're not a nobody and it's easy. Somebody can go online and see all of these cool things that you have accomplished in, in your young life and think, well, well, that's because, you know, CJ, he must have like, you know, his father must know all these people or he's had all kinds of advantages. Tell us a little bit about your story of how you end up. I mean, not just on this podcast, but all of the great things that you're doing. Uh, just shout out first off to my, to my parents. I am fortunate. I'm very, I realize that I was raised in an environment that had uh, a lot of structure and not everybody gets that environment. So one of the goals I do have in my life today is to help to provide that structure and 
um, education to our youth. Um, so just starting with that, I had great parents and within that structure, born and born and raised Philadelphia, but grew up in New Jersey in a small town um, called Burlington. And really, I mean, there was nothing really going on there. So I just played sports, kind of the average average male played sports. Um, there was no cell phones or anything back then when, when I was coming up, uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think that's a common theme that I've seen not only with my age group, but everybody in today's day and age. And I just followed the footsteps of my father and went and got my engineering degree at Rutgers university in systems and industrial engineering. I am obsessed with efficiency and helping people kind of get better at not only their career, but their health and their mental well-being. But I didn't always have the knack to go do that. I went the traditional path that everybody else did. I took on a little bit of debt to go to college because uh, my parents couldn't afford to grant me the college that I wanted to go to. Uh, so I stayed within in-state, commuted for a little bit, um, had the typical college experience, I would say, um, partied a little bit too much, but studied hard. And then I got out into the real world. And that was when I, I really was hit with a bombshell. I got to my desk and realized that, wow, I kind of been jokered into all of this. And my first job was at UBS Wealth Management. And they sent us over to Switzerland uh, for training for six weeks. Was, again, it was amazing. Um, I'm very grateful. But I knew right then and there that wasn't my path because I was looking outside and seeing that the mountains, but we were working in this office for 10 hours a day. And I was just like, there's so much life out there. Um, I want to go after it. And I'll end this part of the question with what really transitioned me from going to engineering to fulfilling my life's pur purpose, which is to help other mission-based people, brands and businesses thrive was unfortunately death, um, both in my family and in my wife's family. Uh, her, her father, unfortunately died in a spin class. He was in really great shape um, and it devastated her and that ultimately connected me back to her because we've known each other since we were 10. I wrote an email to her and we kind of just stayed connected for a couple years. And really, once we started dating, we're like, what do we want to do with our lives? She's an engineer as well. And that's where Thrive on Life started, where I would just literally start an Instagram account and st started connecting with amazing people like yourself joined a startup hub. And then I was off to the races of how do I just help people with their health, mental health, their business, everything, and use the skills that I learned in school and the upbringing that my parents gave me to really just serve and, and give without an expectation of anything in return. And that has served me fairly well. And today I sit here uh, in the How Do You Health Lounge, the MSW Lounge. This is our podcast studio, the How Do You Health podcast. Um, so just really excited to, for the rest of this conversation. And if anybody out there is feeling stuck or like you're in a point where you don't want to be, I've been there. And let me just tell you, just don't give up. Like there's, there's people out there, call people, text people, DM people. There's people like me who definitely want to help you kind of get to that next level of your life. Uh, you have such an amazing message. And it's, it, again, it's so in alignment with the people that are listening. I know because our viewers, our listeners, um, they are service-based businesses and entrepreneurs where they lead with heart. Um, they're out there and their mission is to help, help other people make a big impact in their communities. And a lot of times, CJ, what we talk about on uh, the None of Your Business podcast is this concept of that we were taught by Michael Port. All business problems are personal problems in disguise. And oftentimes we talk about that in relationship to particularly mindset or your relationship with other individuals. Um, but what I love about what you're saying is your personal problems can also be your health. 
and the way that you treat your body. In your ability and experience in helping all of these individuals, how how much have you seen people's ability and capability shift by just taking over their health? And how do they get started if they're listening going, I don't even know where to begin? That is an amazing question. And it's crazy that you asked this. I was actually listening to your podcast, a recent one where you're, he was talking about return on relationships. And it really connected with me because relationships is ultimately what got me into the entrepreneurial path in the first place. Um, I was always an entrepreneur, like babysitting, cutting lawns, like I did cash jobs, uh, waiting and stuff like that. I didn't really take the normal path that teenagers take. I was always just hustling. I didn't know what I was doing. And then ultimately what started happening was I didn't go division one sports because I was too small. I was diminutive. I wasn't even a hundred pounds going into high school. My dad told me you need to hit the gym. And ultimately I was insecure and scared to go to the gym. I didn't tell him that I didn't tell anybody that. Um, and for two or three years, I just relied on my skills. And then eventually like my senior year, it really hit me going into my senior year. It hit me that, wow, like I have this one opportunity in my life. I need to do something about it. And I asked my dad, like, can we put a gym in the basement? So again, luckily, like my parents were amazing. My dad built out, he went to garage sales and just put whatever he could in our basement. I put on about 30 pounds um, and ended up playing collegiate athletics. Um, I didn't go D1 and that's mainly probably because I was just too small. Um, I'm really athletic, but I look back at that point in my life. That is what initiated the problem that I had personally, I felt insecure and not confident. And ultimately I was trying to solve the problem of, I wanna go play division one sports, I need to get in the gym, but I'm scared. Um, so then ultimately later on down the line, when I get my corporate job, I kept training like through everything, through once I got out of college, I was still training like an athlete and people would ask me, what are you doing? What are you eating? Where are you, where are you training at? Can you train me? And at the time I looked them in the eye and was just like, I don't have time. Like, I unfortunately can't spend the time. I have to train myself and do this job. And then they would say, we'll pay you. And that's when ever the game just changed for me. I started researching like what would people pay? Um, and what I realized was I saw the really big need because I was in an engineering and tech space. All those people, they do have disposable income. They don't have disposable time. And because I'm very efficient and I just think like that, I would come up with programming and a structure for them to make the most of their time and get happy happier and healthier and ultimately wealthier because to answer your question specifically, as soon as you start transitioning into spending the extra dollar on organic food, spending the dollar to hire a trainer, spending the dollar to go to an IV lounge like I'm at right now, you start feeling better. And the, there's a famous saying, if you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. People will just <laughs> see the aura that you have when you go into your job and everything else in your life when you feel at your best. And it starts with people think it's the brain, but ultimately it's moving your body. Have you ever been stressed out and you just go for a walk and you ultimately feel better? In your head, you're not like, oh, I really wanna go on this three mile walk right now. It's not like jazzing you up as much as like going to the bar would for some people or going on a date. But when you go on the walk, what happens is your body starts releasing dopamine and serotonin. You start feeling better. That's the first step I always would focus on with people, whether it's in health or in business, is what's going to give you that dopamine serotonin to consistently mm -hmm. show up every single day. And if you consistently show up every day, you're going to be happier, healthier, and wealthier, and you're going to thrive ultimately. But there's that initial bump, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and everybody, well, everybody knows. Yeah, everybody like, knows this. I know. So you don't going. you don't go to the gym <laughs> and you don't love how you look, and then you're kind of like in this little like rut, 
and there's that little bump. You got to like get over, over that it. bump. <laughs> and then once you've gotten over that bump, then you leave the gym and you're like, why didn't I go? Why didn't I do this six months ago? Right. And then it becomes easier. Same thing, though, in in business. Right. Like you go to a conference and somebody's like, hey, man, you should start a podcast. And there's that little bump. It's hard to get the ball rolling. You should, you know, create, build your list and email your list. Well, there's that little bump. How do you get somebody to I mean, because this is this is the none of your business podcast. One one. We bring on really cool guests. They say really cool things. Our audience says that's really cool. And then nobody does anything. So tell people, how do we get over that little bump to start the ball rolling? So I always like to dial into the why behind things. So why do we need the bump? We need the bump because we live in a society that tells you you need to go to square like four before you even hit peg one, right? So we need to go to Z before we get to A. So a great example is we're sitting in a podcast studio. This never, this used to not exist a year ago. And I didn't have my own podcast studio a year ago. I was literally just using my phone and a, a cheap lab mic off Amazon. The thing that gets people starting is realizing that here's a simple analogy I used to talk to my clients with is when you come out of the womb, you can't walk. Like you imagine expecting a baby to walk and talk as soon as they come out. That's what we're expecting people to do when they become entrepreneurs, because just because you have a four year degree, you're literally a baby now. It doesn't matter whether you've had this corporate experience. Yes, it's going to help you. You've had experiences, but you got to look at yourself as somebody that doesn't know anything ever. And what would that person do? The initial bump ultimately comes from lowering your expectations that you're going to be at square Z, like number, letter Z by the end. You, it's a journey. Um, but if you want a simple answer, you don't. Every person has their own little bump and their own little journey. And it's all, it all occurs due to a pain point that they've had in their life. So if you're listening to this and you feel like you're stuck, that's okay. It took me years, like I'm five years into this and I'm still like, where is this going at some days? Um, most days, to be honest, because you have all these ideas that just come up, you meet new people. Um, but the initial step really needs to look yourself in the mirror, lower your expectations and just start trying to go from, I'm going to, instead before I run, I'm going to just crawl or I'm going to flip over onto my stomach and then I'm going to crawl and then I'm going to walk and then I'm going to fall when I walk and then I'm going to try and run and then I'm going to scrape my knee. And the, that's just how the game I think goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because we're, I mean, we're big believers in mindset. I mean, and you know, being an entrepreneur and working with other entrepreneurs, your team, people around you, it really all comes to the way that you think about things and the way that you look at them through your lens, right? And so this is interesting because we say, okay, we could get over this this bump and we have to lower our expectations. But the problem is, and we run into this with entrepreneurs and in society all the time, even though we lower our expectations, we still have this idea that we're going to achieve things very quickly, right? Like we're just taught that <laughs> things can happen overnight. And I love that you said, look, it's been four years and I'm still like, where's this thing going? So what advice or things do you have, um, maybe tips around entrepreneurs and, and just being 
patient so that you <laughs> that waiting for the thing to come and knowing that your persistence will pay off. I know you like to talk about that. So let's give it to them. So I have like I'm always honest and transparent in, in anything that I go on. I'm always 100 percent myself and I'm, I'm very direct. So I'm going to be direct. If you're struggling to find like the oomph that you need to go, you may not be an entrepreneur and that's OK. Mm -hmm. Like we come from a society that it's real flashy to be an entrepreneur. You're going on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's like, they only show the good parts. And I love the bad days as much as I love the good days. Like that's how I knew that I loved entrepreneurship because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is problem solving. If you don't like solving problems and you don't like getting phone calls at random times and things breaking all the damn time, um, you're not an entrepreneur. And I want to be the first guy to tell you that is okay. And this is kind of a, a little bit different than the lingo that I've been preaching over the past couple of years. Cause I was like, as soon as I left the corporate world, I'm like, everybody needs to do this. Um, this is great. This is amazing. I make money doing what I love to do, but it comes at a cost. And just if everybody understands what those costs are, some people are better suited to just have a corporate job and maybe start something on the side and that's it. Some people are better suited to just show up to their job every day and then enjoy their life outside of the work. Some people like me literally cannot think about anything else but what I'm building. And that's how I knew like there's something to this. And when you have that feeling, this is where you don't want to get stuck in that mental hamster wheel. When you have the feeling of like, okay, I know I'm an entrepreneur because I'm super into the ideas and the things that I'm doing. The number one thing that I would say to give you a bump every single day is environment key to everything. So we mentioned I'm here in Austin. I think it's the best place for the startup culture in the in, in the entire world. Um, I would not be where I'm at with the people around me. And that's why one of our slogans is strive together, thrive together. I think that is the number one thing that I did when I first became an entrepreneur is I invested into a startup hub where I had access to VCs, other startups, basically lunch and learns, things of that nature where the bump was easy because all I had to do was show up. And that's that's sometimes the hardest step, but ultimately like when you invest and you put your dollar down, you're going to show up. And if you're around people that are high energy, high vibe, and have, are further down the line than you, you're going to be like, I can do this. Let's keep it going. Um, we did this just for CJ. We put our fire hats on because entrepreneurship is, awesome. is about problem solving and things going wrong and you have to be okay with it in our culture in our office right now we have fire hats for our whole team because you know what sometimes days are crazy and sometimes things go wrong and we'll just tell a team get your fire hats on today it's time to go and so i love that you embrace the bad days as well as the good days um because i do think that there is this um, idea that entrepreneurship is glorious all of the time. You get to work for yourself. You get to have all these ideas. You get to, you know, do all these wonderful things. But it's not always like that, and that's the point. And that's what it takes to be a good entrepreneur. So, so I want to um, identify yourself. with CJ because, um, and if anybody has read our book where we share our stories, I, like you, CJ, I had uh, tremendous parents that created a perfect environment for mm. me to um, grow Thrive. up and learn these values. Lacey had tremendous parents and then it wasn't a broken home or anything like that, but the environment was different. Um, you know, economically, we would, we were probably more upper middle class. Sounds like kind of like where you were. Um, my father valued paying for my education. 
Um, whereas in your case, the economic marker was slightly, or demographic was slightly lower. You had to pay for your own schooling, working. I scrubbed early. toilets to get through school. It's fun. <laughs> but here's here's oftentimes sort of what what I feel. I feel like well. I mean, I listen to people's stories. You know, we interview people all the time and, you know, they were abandoned or there was abuse or, you know, there's like massive setbacks. And sometimes I just feel like, well, I got, I got cheated. Like I've had massive setbacks as an adult and massive setbacks in business, but I don't have any, I can't say like, yeah, I remember that time, like, you know, the whole world ended when I was 14 and it sounds like you would be very similar, but I, I'm wondering when you're talking about this idea of putting the fires out, what are some of your biggest setbacks that you have had to endure that have helped to shape and form you to get you to where you are today? Wow, that's a that's a powerful question. And in terms of setbacks, I always think that like I'm very cautious when I when I talk about these things because everybody has like setbacks to some people could just be waking up every day and just being in their own mind. So like that, like there's a huge mental health thing um, that I'm very aware of. And I dealt with those things just like anybody else would. So if there's anybody listening, like don't, based on my setbacks, don't fall into the comparison trap. And that's what I would say mm -hmm. uh, to you, Sean, is just like, you never know, like everybody's dealing with their own problems. And for me, a lot of it stemmed from not being secure with who I was and being driven by ego. So for me, I was hyper competitive as a, as a kid. And again, my parents were great, but I was raised in an environment that was like, had expectations of you get a 100, you become the captain of the team. Like that's what it felt like. So it felt like pressure all the time. And ultimately that made me sick. So a lot of my life I was sick and I, I, I've just now come to terms with being able to be like, yeah, like I was shitting blood at times in my early twenties. And like, I was scared. My aunt died of colon cancer um, when she was 40. And I started really, instead of taking care of myself, I started drinking more, partying more, doing things that I should not have been doing. So my biggest setback that I've had is ultimately with my personal health. I feel like part of my life was stolen from me because I was not setting myself up to thrive. 10 to 20 years ago, I believe that I could have been a professional athlete uh, with the skills that I have. So now today, instead of like being salty about it, I compete in things like high rocks. And I like, if you go on my Instagram stories every day, I'm training, I run, uh, I lift weights and I don't only do it for myself. I do it for other people. So like right now, athletic brewing's hosting uh, a pop-up here in Austin. So I'll coach people every Friday and Saturday there three classes a day for the month of September and just inspire them to really make every heartbeat count because we don't know when we're going to have this next opportunity. So for me, I'm living my life as if that setback never happened. Like to me, the setback is I didn't take advantage of some of the things that I had when I was youthful. I wasn't looking into my nutrition, training, any of that. And it could have propelled me in a different area of my life, which I look back on. Wow, that was that was an opportunity missed. But fool me once, you know how it goes, but you're not going to fool me twice. So that's where today I make sure that I take advantage of every opportunity and I set myself up for success by being the healthiest that I can possibly be mind and body every single day. I love that. And it's a uh, very inspirational for everybody that's watching everybody that's listening. And, and I agree. That's a, that's a very insightful that everybody's setback is different. How you define it in business. Maybe it could be slightly different. Um, maybe, I mean, still the same rules apply, but 
I mean, like maybe if we have a big account and we lose a big account, I mean, that's definitely a business setback. When we're dealing with life as an individual and we're testing our own individual metal, someone like CJ is, is resilient and is strong mentally and he bounces back. How do we ensure in your mind, because you do a lot of speaking on this as well, that what about the rest of the people that are around us? Like you're really good at, you know, pulling people along, motivating them. How do I get the right people on the bus who also are like you? I mean, I can't just go out and hire 10 CJs. In fact, I wouldn't know if they were you when I initially met them and they're, you know, tricking me through the interview process. So things are going to happen in a business as an entrepreneur. My team is going to suffer from these quote unquote setbacks. Any tips or advice on how I navigate this, not as an individual, but as a group? I absolutely love this question. And it goes back to setbacks because I think my second setback was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. As soon as I stepped into being who I am, the guy that has tattoos, uh, wears a t-shirt and gym shorts to work every day and bust my ass. Um, I felt more like myself. Now, when I was working that corporate job in a suit, like I just, I felt completely out of who I was. And what I started learning was the best companies, the best businesses, they let people be themselves. They allow people to talk and speak in the way that they talk and speak at home. So they take kind of take away. I like, I don't like to use the word like, like I like this about a person or I like that about a person. I instead, and this is from the book Traction, you basically rate your team based on strengths and weaknesses. And you just want, like, just like any family, each family has strengths and weaknesses. And the goal of the community is to win as a team. And if you look at any team sport, it's not comprised of just one player. And each player has flaws, no matter who they are. Um, so it's one of the, like Tom Brady, best, best NFL player ever. I'm an Eagles fan, but I absolutely hate the Patriots and now the Buccaneers, but the guy is relentless, but he can't run. Like if you were to run, if you were to judge him on running a 40, it would be horrendous. So I think it's reducing your judgment is the best way that you can ultimately create a thriving team and community because you don't want to judge people based on them being like you. You want to judge them on where do they fill in your weakness? Yeah, I think that's just a killer uh, message out there for everybody because I think a lot of people try to build a team of people that are just like them. Mm -hmm. And that's so dangerous, right? Because I, I'm enough already. I don't need like five of me's running around. But having somebody that fills your weakness creates a stronger you know, bond in the business, which allows the business to propel. So I really love that. And I know that you have a killer team, Team Thrive. Tell us a little bit too about what you guys do over there, what your mission is at um, Thrive on Life and how people can connect with you. So again, transparency. Um, last year, we had that team actually need to change our website right now a little bit. Um, the team is now off and building their own things, which is really cool. And that's what Thrive started as is something to help other mission-based people. Um, so both my interns last summer are actually building their own brands and their own businesses right now. Um, awesome. my, my first intern is building his own real estate marketing agency. Um, so that's going well for him. And then the other part, the other teammates um, have gone on to flourish in their in their own endeavors. And I've kind of leveled up to the next space where I really wanted to sit, which was more investing and, and partnering in companies. So I've been fortunate to help a couple different companies. One of them is the MSW Lounge right here. We run, run Lunch and Learns 
every Friday um, on the How Do You Health Instagram. Um, and so if you're looking for health advice, that's where you go. I also am a part, I'm a coach um, in this thing called WIT. It's whatever it takes. So it's I teach a six credit college course to teens online um, about entrepreneurship. So it's small business management. We offer other classes like intro to entrepreneurship, uh, small business management, intro to PR, social media. We have a Slack community where they get on there. We have hangouts where I would love to have y'all come on and kind of talk to our teens. I'm really obsessed with changing the education system because I think that's where everything stems from. So that's got partnered in that. And then the last thing I'm doing right now is my buddy, uh, one of my best friends, Noah Hausman, is uh, a startup attorney. And we're starting a couple of things on the side, potentially like an academy type of thing to really help micro invest energy and money in some of the smaller businesses here in Austin, where it's really the target market of guys and girls who might not have had the resources that we had growing up, but they have the energy, they have the grit, they have the respect of entrepreneurship to put in the work. And we want to invest in them to help their ideas get off the ground. So bunch going on. Um, but the easiest way to kind of connect with me is probably Instagram at cj.finley um, or just go to cjfinley.com. I'm already on it. it I know, he just there. jumped already, in already. I already got on the, I just the think Instagram that's, train. And that's so amazing. I mean, what a life full of passion you have and, and all the things you can just hear in your voice, you know, how passionate you are about helping others. And um, I love hearing that. Okay. So I got to ask one thing that I guess we, we call them health hacks, but I don't know love that it. that's like the appropriate term because it's really, it's not a hack for your health. It's actually doing things that over the time help you build a strong immune system, help help build your health, help build your mental state, give you clarity, make you feel better. And before we got on live with you, we were talking about you just got an IV. We get IVs all the time. We're obsessed. We do cryotherapy. We do all the things. But I want to know if you could give our entrepreneurs one thing that you think that they can begin to do that will make them feel better instantaneously, help them get some clarity, and get them motivated to go after that gym bump or that exercise bump or whatever it may be. What would you what would you offer? Oof. I wouldn't really call it a hack because it's free and we all do it. Sleep oh. more. So one of the Sweet things, man. especially for entrepreneurs, I have an aura ring on and I have a whoop on and we're getting bio straps sent here. So I'm doing a lot of research into the different modalities to optimize entrepreneurs and people in the corporate space. So one of the things I started realizing, here's a couple hacks for myself. Uh, because I have these technologies, I learned that eating close to bedtime raised my body temperature, which then raised my heart rate, which then reduced my recovery. Because I, my heart rate was up, I wasn't getting deep sleep or REM sleep enough, and I was feeling tired the next day. What do I do that next day? I then drink more caffeine than I should, and then the next night I have trouble getting to sleep, and it's like this repetitive cycle. So the, the hack that I would say is give yourself a week, two weeks, a month, reduce your caffeine intake, don't drink any alcohol, give your liver a break, eat clean and sleep at least eight hours a night. And you tell me how much better you feel. And then you can use that in your toolbox for the rest of your life because it doesn't cost anything. I'm really hesitant to say anything other than that because I know different demographics have different resources and that IVs don't come cheap, but I invest in myself and I highly advise other people to invest in themselves as well. I just had an aha moment though about eating too close to bedtime and my my REM sleep. I just that just that's it. I could we can just leave right now because that's all I needed from you today. It's going to change my life. <laughs> it will. Like yeah. to be honest, it changed mine. I it Man. the stats show me that yeah. 
eating close to bedtime is worse than if I had like five drinks. Wow. I kid you not. Yeah. Because your digestion, it raised your temperature, at least with the drinks, I can get the sleep. So I get a little bit of sleep, but with the eating before bed, it, you just toss and turn and you start, you see the data over and over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. So I realized that for me eating at least three, three and a half hours prior and not eating a really big meal at the end of the day, my sleep is, is tenfold now. Amazing. I love it. So Austin, you live in Austin. Were you chasing um, this new Silicon Valley? Were you chasing, uh, you know, the Tim Ferris's, the Tucker Max's, the Elon <laughs> Musk, Musk's down there? Or have you, you have roots there? Why Austin? The love of my life. Um, my wow. wife. So yeah, you can go to, again, go look into me and you can look into our story. Um, but ultimately, when uh, her father passed away and some things happened in my family, I told her I had to quit. And she kind of came to me and said, well, I want to quit too. I want to go on a new path. And I was like, okay, what does that look like? She's not like, we're very different. And that's the other thing with having differences in your team in relationships. I advise the same thing. Um, Our lifestyle and our grit and our hard work is the same, but our mannerisms, characteristics, and things that um, we show up as is different. And that makes us better as a, as a unit. And one of the things is that she wanted to go back to school. She likes school. I do not like school. I never did. Uh, it's hard enough for me to sit down. I knew I love podcasting cause I could do this for hours on end. But if you ask me to take a test or anything like that, not the guy. Um, so she is, and we ultimately decided on our first date was in Austin, Texas. I loved it here running on the lake. And when we were looking at schools, UT Austin was on it. Like one of the number ones. And it's a cool story because she got into USC uh, first and she wanted to put the deposit down. And I was like, no, my gut is like telling me that we're going to go to UT. Um, And she wasn't in yet. So she was kind of freaking out. And I was not in the, I was in the doghouse a little bit. Ultimately (laughs) um, she got in and we ended up coming to Austin, Texas. And it was the best thing I think we both did in, in our entire lives. And this was before the boom, like everything that's happening now. So we, we were, we just loved it here. We love the people here. I highly recommend taking a vacation here. It is hot. So if you don't like the heat, (laughs) tough luck, but it's just, it is, it is an amazing place where there's more people like both of you and just people that really want to help and serve and level up together. Rising tides lift all ships. Right. And lastly, for me, um, you know, you you have this sort of diverse portfolio of business ventures and interests. Where will we be seeing you five to 10 years from now? (sighs) This question always gets me because cell phones, iPhones were only like 12 years ago. So I don't know what's going to happen in five years and I don't know, but I can guarantee two things. Um, I will be podcasting still. And you will still see me in some shape or form uh, impacting the community in the health and wellness and business space. I can guarantee those two things. And if I'm blessed, hopefully running around with a kid or two. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Anything else to add? Mm -mm, CJ, you knocked it out of the park. I'm sure that you inspired tons of people. And I hope that people will connect with you. Um, Go on Instagram follow him there at cj.finley. I'm already following. So you, you're already behind if you're listening to my voice. Um, <laughs> check out what he's got going on, www.thriveonlife.com. They're going to update that. You can see his old team, but he's got a lot of cool <laughs> stuff going on. And for everybody in Austin, I know that we have tons of friends, tons of followers tons. and people in Austin. Go check out CJ 
what he has going on. Maybe he'll let you uh, do some of these adventurous and fun athletic things with him. Um, but I'm just going to be getting sun for vitamin D and walking. That's going to be where <laughs> I'll <awesome>. start. <laughs> That's where you are going. Please take, take other people with you. That's right. I, love I love it. And I'm gonna. I can't wait. I'm gonna connect you with um with some people. I think that you'll super resonate with, and a couple of people I think that could help you out. But for everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in to yet again another episode of the None of Your Business podcast. We do not take your support, your viewership, your listening to the podcast podcast for granted. We appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate your downloads. We appreciate your subscribers, reviews, all of that stuff. We super value each and every one of you in our lives. If Even though we can't see you and who knows when you listen to it, please know that Lacey and I think about you and appreciate you all the time. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Oh,